0: hello I didn't I wasn't keeping a check on my minutes uh, on the podcast I just completed on desiring equality in love because there was something important I wanted to say concerning relationships and it's taken from a lady her name is Susan Smith Jones she's a PhD and she has a book on choose to live life peacefully. I am here, Aphrodite, your host, bringing you the most of what did God say ministry. As you are now tuned in to WDGS, I want to read something that I thought was very interesting to me concerning relationships and hopefully it will enlighten and flourish your relationship in a way to become more from into the light. Let me just say into the light, into the light of love, into the light of joy, into the light of peace and happiness. You know, I was saying earlier in my my first part that sometimes we get in love and we think we're in love. I say we think because one thing about love is it doesn't depress you. Real love is supposed to make you feel wonderful, happy and not sad and depressed and we think and we begin to think in these relationships that there is something out there in somebody that we need in order to feel love and if we don't get it in return we begin to sometimes get upset Sometime, and when we don't get that kind of love and that could be in a relationship with anyone it can be your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your auntie, your uncle, you know, your spouse, your children, your best friend, or even our enemies. Because we get in a place where we want to try to control people and dictate to people how and why and when they should love us. Oh, my God. We try to manipulate people and live in a life where it's already so many attacks it's already so many attacks, things that are really beyond our control. Like we get attacked in our bodies with illness and conditions sometimes or pains that our body just as it, it, it progresses, I always say. We get closer every day. We get one step closer to the grave. So our body starts encountering things. So those are attacks. Sometimes we get attacked on our job. Sometimes we get attacked in the grocery store, and I don't mean literally physical attack. I mean spiritual attacks because the Bible lets us know we're not warring against flesh and blood, people. These are spiritual attacks. See, you have to get into this Word of God to understand where attacks come from. See, it's a deep study that when Satan was no longer an angel for God, he formulated and orchestrated his own legion and army of people and so he have a job to do, just like God has a job to do. And what Satan does, he's trying to uh, he's trying to recruit, oh my God, thank you, Holy Ghost. He's trying to recruit as many souls as he can. But God is also available for us to be recruited. But the difference between God recruiting us is God gives us... See, we are recruited voluntarily. You know, I, I like to give a metaphor of the military. You know, it's a voluntarily uh, 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 segment that in our lives, is we choose to go to the military. And then the devil, what he does in his army he he has people where he um, what's that word I'm grasping for uh he draft. those are people who don't choose to to go in the devil's way but they are drafted in that way because they don't understand they don't understand the different types of attacks. So we'll start looking at the people in the hostile flesh and the people's flesh, instead of not realizing we are in a spiritual war. That the, that the, that that our war is is not carnal, but it's strong and mighty for the pulling down of the strongholds. And we can't pull down strongholds if we. Don't allow ourselves to be enlightened in the understanding of what it is that the enemy is trying to do. We can't do that, people. So, therefore, what we have to do is be very mindful of how we conduct ourselves and know whether or not it is God and it is of the enemy, especially when it comes to the fact of love. So, I want to continue to read this to you right quick. People don't realize that the battle we see out here in the external world is really just an extension of the battle that goes on in our mind. See, love comes from the heart. That's why God said he don't look at our outer. He looks on the inside. And that's how come sometimes people may say, oh, well, how did this person get more than me? Or how did they have more? Cool, calm, and collected personality than me. How did they get this house? How did they get this car? But God may be looking at the heart of that person. We're just looking on the outside. And God is saying, I see their heart and they love me. And because anytime you show somebody love, get this now, people, whether it be natural or spiritually, they, if they got any type of moral decency in them, when you show them, then they will reciprocate and they will give you blessings. Amen. Amen. So it never hurts to love people because love, even from God, generates blessing. And many times this is brought on by people we marry or connect ourselves to. That's what we look for the greatest love. People who we marry and connect ourselves to. You know, and problems usually escalate when the spiritual element is not present in a relationship. That's that what a lot of churches teach about the three chords, when it's the man, the woman, and God is in the middle, and you they call it the three chords in marriages. So many times this is brought on, this love that we yearn and we seek, is from people we marry or connect with. Now there are times we seek it also in our family, naturally. But I want to read this and say, when we feel separated from our spiritual being, what happens is we feel fearful and fearful that we are going to be attacked. So we begin to listen to the voice of the ego and some something that we really manufacture that has a course of fear. I hope y'all got that. See, unless we let go of negative thoughts and remove fear, It hinders our improvement when we deal with people and individuals in every area of our life. Not just in marriage and and our connection with our boyfriend or girlfriend. But it's going to show an effect with everybody. You know, we have to decide if we're going to be couples together to be gentle and kind. Not just to each other, but to everyone we see. And that's a big indicator. I tell people, if you want to see a big indicator, if you know somebody is capable of loving and caring and gentleness and kindness, watch how they treat other people. And I'm not talking about what they say, people. Please hear me. If you can't remember anything else I say, hear this. You can make your mouth say anything. People can give you some good counsel. They can give you some good words that sound good to your ears. But I'm telling you, a person visiting your life over the telephone or coming by your house every now and then is not the same when you dwell with them. Even in our relationship with God, he said that. If any man would open the door and let me in, I would dwell. I would come suck with him. See, when Jesus lives in your life, I'm telling you, people, you don't need to be pushed, prodded, pumped up, encouraged to serve him, to study of him, to take that yoke and learn of him. Nobody will need to encourage you to do that. You may need people to be on your pathway to enlighten you. But they won't need to encourage you. You will have a thirst and a hunger on your own. When your belly is hungry and you got the dry mouth, you don't need nobody to push and prod you to go get something to drink. You don't need nobody to push and prod you to go in that kitchen and find something to put in your belly. And it should be the same way when we love God. Oh, my God. When we love people, people should need to push, teach, and guide you how to be gentle and kind. If You see a man in a relationship or a woman that by nature she kind, she courteous, she greet people, she speaks people, and all this that's a that's 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 some little ray of light of what you're dealing with. It's not that you have an exclusive love. But you have it only to demonstrate that it is the kind of love that we have with everyone, according to Christ. Amen. Demonstrating peace, kindness, love, and gentleness in daily life means having a loving connection, not just to another person, but even to ourselves as well. And in order to have that love with ourselves and with God, it means you got to surrender. You got to surrender and say, I love me. I love God. I love Christ. I love people. See, when we surrender ourselves to God and we begin to see God in all of our relationships, one of the greatest gifts you can give is to help others experience themselves. To say, you are capable. And if they don't open up to see that you are capable and deserving and that you are beautiful, You know, I used to tell my daughters that you're beautiful. That don't mean you have to be settling for relationships that's undeserving of your beauty. Because there are people out here that are in relationship for just what I said on my podcast, part one, for personal profit. Personal profit is what they can get out of the deal what they can get out of the deal. But I just want to go ahead. Like I say, I'm not going to be too long. And I just read these things. I want to share with you how to take inventory and action. But see, a lot of people, they can't love because they need healing. And I'm going to tell you principles that I got out of this book of Attitudinal Healing. Well, let me give you those first. It says, The Principles of Attitudinal Healing... It's first, the first The first one is the essence of our being is love. See, we, people, we need, need to understand the purpose that God put us here. First of all, because he's so loved. He so loved the world. So you have to understand that the essence of your being, the purpose you're here, is because God loved you. Number two, health and inner peace. Healing is letting go of fear. The Bible even tells us that love covers a multitude of sin. And most of the time, people carry fear in their relationship. It's because of sin. Oh, my God. I hope somebody got that. See, when we slipping and dipping and we sneaking and creeping and those who ducking and dodging and hiding and talking out the side of their neck over here to this person. Then they got somebody at home. They telling something else. See, then that fear sets in. But I might get caught one day in my room. So that type of fear hinders your healing. You can't let go. I always told people it's very confusing to try to date two people. It's very confusing. Because what ends up happening is the one person... Is not going to receive equality. Oh, my God. You're going to start finding yourself. That's why I, have, I am a firm believer. I don't try to engage in another relationship until I've severance the one I'm in. Oh, my God. See, if you're not severing the relationship you're already in, and you're trying to run to somebody else, then that's just an indicator to me you need healing. You need inner peace because you need time when you exit one thing to restore and regroup for another. You're not taking your fairness because what you're taking is your complaint and your damage in the relationship you're already in. Oh my God. Let me keep it moving. Number three, giving and receiving are the same. I just talked about equality. If you're going to want to receive, you need to give. Are you are you re- are you receiving what you are giving out? It's equal. It's the same. Number four, we can let go of the past and of the future. Too many times in relationships, we are damaged by the pains of our past. And even in the future, because we get these anticipated thoughts of how it's going to work. You know how I I remember when we was kids and we used to meet a guy and immediately, I'm going to talk about me, I get to fantasizing on, ooh, he going to be my man or my boyfriend and we going to do this and we going to do that. We don't even know yet. Oftentimes, oftentimes what damage our relationships is the past and the future. We get out of the moment. And I talk about that in some of my early, earlier podcasts, probably two, three months ago. Sometimes it's good to just stay in the moment. Don't have any preconceived notions of what's going to be when it it hasn't manifested. Oh, my God. You know me. I get carried away because I can preach a sermon off a word. Number four, we can let, uh, number five, now is the only time there is and each instant is forgiving. That's what I mean, staying in the moment. Sometimes that's all we have. It's the only time. Well, all times that's all we have because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. Tomorrow is not even promised and the past is already gone. So we can learn to stay in the time and the moment, in the instance, and give love from that place. Give it in the moment. Number six, we can learn to love ourselves and others by forgiving rather than judging. I touch base on that. On the part one of this episode, go back and listen to it. Number seven, we can become love finders rather than fault finders. I I listened to, I've never heard, and I'm gonna tell you, nothing vexed me more than a fault-finding brother. When you have a brother that finds a fault in everything, more than they can find, more than they can find love in it, and say, Well, you know what? I enjoyed it for the moment. And while in some moments there was some goodness and some it wasn't. But when you find people that find fault in everything, then that means they have displaced ability to love we can choose and direct ourselves to be peaceful inside regardless of what is happening around us on the outside that's number eight number nine we are students and teachers to each other now here again i quote sometime we all when people show up in your life the best way to keep yourself at an inner peace is ask yourself this question okay god what is this person coming to teach me What are they coming to teach me? See, we are all students. The Bible says we are forever learning. It's not a good student when you're not open to learn. Amen? Amen. Number 10, and I'm going to stop at number 10. We can focus on the whole of life rather than the fragments. Oh, my God. You know, instead of looking at the whole life and say, God, I thank you. You blessed me to wake up this morning. You blessed me to see another day. You kept your arms around me. You covered my friends and my family. Lord God, and I just thank you. Instead of focusing on the whole life, we rather focus on the little fragments. The little chips and bits and pieces of stuff that I like to say is not that serious. (laughs) I like to say it's not that serious. People love is eternal. It's eternal, And we can always receive and perceive other people and, and, and extend love. And if we don't know how to do it, we can give a call, a cry for help. Sometimes I've had to do that. I've asked God, oh, God, help me. Sometimes I, 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 that's all I could say, Lord, help me. But I want to give the other quick list how to take inventory and action. I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to give you an affirmation that follows it. And I'm going to bring this podcast to a close. Number one, when someone criticizes you, do you react emotionally or distance yourself? Actually, this is 10 questions. 10 questions to take inventory and actions for yourself. Don't start thinking about somebody else. You know, we have a tendency to do that. We'll read a question and we immediately, somebody else's face will appear. Look in the mirror. Let your face appear to each one of these questions. When someone criticizes you, do you react emotionally and or distance yourself? Number two, do you depend on your relationship to make you feel happy, lovable, worthy, worthy or peaceful? Number three, Do you hope your child will become a doctor, a lawyer, an athlete, or other professionals? Do you blame your children for your problems? Oh, my God. It's some people do that now. Number four. Are you trying to change your partner to make him or her more like you? Mm. Because if so, that means you are unequally yoked. Number five. Have you more interest in being right or in being happy. Number six, sometimes we assume that our families or partners or close friends know what we love them. Let me read that again. Sometimes we assume that our families or partners or close friends know that we love them. Sometimes we assume that they love us, but they don't know how. Don't assume anything. Let them know how you feel. Let people know if you love them. Don't make your assumptions. Take care of your unfinished business from the past because you carry that with you into all of your relationships. That's number seven. Oh my God. Take care of your unfinished business from the past because if you don't, you're going to carry that with you into all your relationships. That's why I tell people, close one door before you start trying to open another one. Severance that. Be at peace. Leave a relationship peacefully because if you don't, you're carrying that baggage. You know, the worst thing to me is when a brother trying to hit on me and they come to me. I got to say this, but the way they hit on me and try to come to me is they want to dog out the sister that they dealing with. Because, see, my question is this, why are you still there? If she that bad, why are you still there? You need to free yourself. Go through the process. Go back. Go through the process and leave peacefully. Then you come and try talking to me. Because I already know if you don't go through the process to lead peacefully, what's going to happen is you're going to bring me some damage that you're carrying from the relationship you already in. Oh, my God. I hope somebody got that. Anyway, let me move on. Number eight, make peace with your parents, whether they are still living or not. Without that peace, you'll never be able to create lasting, loving relationships. Number nine, if you don't have high self-esteem, either on your own or with help. See, we need help. Change it. If you don't have high self-esteem on your own or with help, change it. If you don't love and care for yourself and treat yourself with respect, how do you expect anyone else to do the same? See, that's them selfish people. They're looking for equality, but they're not ready, they're not willing to give it. And number 10, live in the presence of God. Live in the presence of God. Because the Bible said when we fulfill the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I keep encouraging people, get in your Bible. Get in your Bible. You don't need to have a hundred zillion people in your ear giving you a psychological analogy. And some people, they like, they can't make a move without calling somebody. Listen to God. Call upon his name. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here to promote me. I'm here to promote God. I share some testimony, but I live in the presence of God. And I'm here to encourage you to live in the presence of God. And know what you really want. I talked about the Christmas list. Go back and listen to the checklist. Know what you want for Christmas. What you want. What's on your checklist? Oh, my God. Let me close out with a today's affirmation. I know that the essence of my being is love, and I choose to extend this love to everyone in my life. Regardless of outer circumstances, I remain peaceful and tenderhearted. I love myself and others unconditionally and know that we are all children of God. In our oneness, I see divinity in everything and everyone. You know, I'm not caught up and hooked up on nobody. Because people like to say, oh, well, I'm going to lose this person. I'm going to lose that person. I seek the kingdom of God. And seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he said, these things will be added unto you. And anything, I don't lose anything. If God place it and position it in my life, God is the one I trust that if he release it, it is of God. See, I've learned that in the kingdom, nothing is never lost. There's nothing never lost in the kingdom. That's why I encourage people to understand what did God say. We can only know what God say through staying in his word because he is his living word. In the beginning, St. John chapter one was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's why one day a lady walked in my office about 10 years ago, and I remember giving her that scripture, and I said, my sister, you know, she was telling me some stuff going on in their church. I said, get in your Word. Get in your Word. She said, well, I know God. I said, Mm-mm, because when you know God, you will know God's Word. And when God answers you, he's going to answer you through his word. Because his word will not return void. We get all these answers in our head from people. Seek an answer from what God said. Amen. Amen. You all continue to have a beautiful blessed Sunday. I just wanted to come back and make those little pointers. Because my time went out on part one. So this is a two part segment. Is the sword that on both sides it can give you information that'll help your relationship. You continue to choose to live life peacefully. And that again that information, some of it you know I just uh, read the the 10 things under each heading that came from under Susan Smith Jones, Ph.D. You might want to check a book out. See I support anybody that tells truth and give me good biblical sound knowledge. Amen. I'm always open to learning. Just because I don't run around and ask people to pour it in my ear doesn't mean that I'm not learning. See, but we all should be open to be taught. Because we are forever learning. Forever, I like to say, it's an eternal word. If you got yourself situated in life to think nobody can teach you, then you're not open to learning. That's why I don't like to hear people say, can't nobody tell somebody nothing, quote, unquote. And I know that's not political correct English, can't. But can't is now in the dictionary. But some people do live where they don't want to hear what you say. And you're only trying to enlighten them that things will go better and well on their journey. Not because you have to be talking. I tell people that all the time. I don't have to be talking. I I have my moments where I go in my shutoffs completely two, three days. I be in my house, well, let me say three to five days. I don't get on my phone. I be in here, I commune with God. I don't watch no TV. And I don't let people get all in my ear. I'm choosing to live peacefully. That's the title of the book. Choose to live peacefully. Check it out. You know me. I have about 300 books. (laughs) So I, 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 I just like to glean. And when you know you don't like to read, write, let somebody teach you. Listen to people. Let them share something with you. Faith comes by hearing. Many of us can't be released from these bondage because we don't have faith. We think if one person walk out of our life, we're just going to fall apart. We think if we don't get the job we want, we're just going to fall apart. If we don't get the car to impress our neighbors, then we don't look good. Faith comes by hearing. Start listening. Listen to God first and foremost. Find you some tools from other people that'll help your life, and if you don't feel like doing that, you should have the most meek. Let me say this: the most meek, gentle, and humble spirit to listen to somebody. <laughs> you need to listen. If you don't want to study and read it for yourself, at least humble yourself to listen. Amen. Amen. Again, may the blessings from the Lord flow, flow, flow down from heaven into your life. Meet all of your needs, all of your good wants, and all of the things your heart desires as you delight yourself in the Lord. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, my brothers and my sisters, thank you for your support. I love you all. Peace out.